our life. We make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. I am here with my co-host, uh, Alexia Georgiousis, and I am Gord Riddell. And we're here and we're talking today about how to be gentle with yourself. You know, there was a wonderful lady uh, who's passed on now. Uh, she used to say that um, to almost everybody. You now, you be gentle with yourself. Hmm. Um, and she was is anywhere around the school, actually. You'll hear people who knew her will talk about that uh, because it was just such a unique you know, thing to say. But I think right now what everyone's going through, um, we need to try and understand a little bit about what that is. So, But before we go any further, um, we have to continue with our announcing every week uh, that as of July 8th, uh, Alexia and I are going live to air, uh, which means that you as listeners can pick up the call, pick up a phone um, and Join the discussion. Uh, we'll be able to uh, field calls, and this is exciting. As a uh, toll-free line will be uh, all set up, and that will be on Thursdays at 8 p.m. and uh, 5 p.m. on Pacific time. So we, uh, you know, get you, ask you to uh, mark up your uh, calendars <laughs> and just say we're going live. Uh, it'll be yeah, fun. join so. us in the conversation. It would be great. It's very exciting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We're also we also have a string of. Um, of speakers throughout the summer uh, that are all lined up as well. So they'll also uh, be able to talk about their specialty and um, be able to field questions as well. So it should be a good summer. Uh, as soon as it warms up a little bit, it's not really warm out there today. Because when I came home, I went out and I sat on my balcony and it is a cold wind. And I think it's because it's supposed to be hot today. But the wind must the wind is coming from the south. So it's coming across the lake. And that lake is still very cold. Right. The sun <laughs> is warm this. in the sun, but the air is, I'm, I'm actually quite enjoying the lack of humidity or the oh, yes. decrease of humidity. And it's kind of fresh. It reminds me a little bit of Alberta and Vancouver summer, you know, air. Well, where? Oh, well, okay. okay. In terms see, of, I, in see, terms I think it's just Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Vancouver's it, wet. Well, it's well. It's not always wet. It's no. It's, I know. Not you know, in the summer. It, so it's a little. The mountain. The mountains cool the air a little bit. Right. It doesn't stay super hot. Yeah, and it made it so much richer too. Yeah. The the air was just yes. amazing. Yeah. Yes. So you know what I'm I'm uh, seeing you know as we all are is people are really having a very hard time with what is going on. Um, various parts of North America are open. Other parts of North America are closed or about to be reclosed. Um, you know, I'm hearing that people, uh, you know, they have no idea what day it is. They don't know what time it is. Uh, they're sleeping all day. They're sl- up all night. Hmm. Did I write this about me? No. Uh, <laughs> you know, their uh, cocktails arrive with breakfast um, yeah. because it just is, you know. Um, so at least we know now that work really does seem to serve a purpose. It, it teaches us how to read clocks um, and when right. to have cocktails. Um, but it's um, 
you know, in, in doing this, I mean, people are just so turned upside down. And we've talked about this. So there's, there's two things that people are going to do here. They're either going to lash out or they're going to lash in. Yes. And so we've talked about lashing out. Um, what I'd like to do is say, to look at uh, how people are lashing in at themselves. You know, this mm-hmm. criticism. Um, that I'm hearing just so much of. Uh, and it's subtle. You know, people just kind of, oh, well, God, I'm not getting done what I thought I would get done being at home all day. You know? Well, and I think that... Um, that yet at right. the same time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, no, interrupt you. But, but I feel that this is a really key aspect around the subtlety of the relationship we have with ourselves. That you know, we can have this checklist and again, externally driven or externally focused, somewhat image based in a sense of for the self of, oh, I'm doing this and this and this. But given the circumstances that have been so destabilizing and, you know, really throwing us into the unknown and impermanence and, you know, breaking down these structures, that it is forcing us to look at, oh, wait a sec, how do I actually treat myself internally with our dialogue not just the behavior but you know structure from work schedules because I find that I know some people that work has been incredibly busy since this has happened and for them they just want to breathe and they're almost envious that other people have have been able to have more time and space and so there's pros and cons to both but this this idea of being gentle to the self I think you know who learns that who learns what that means? Nobody, you know. Maybe some no, I, I don't recall coming home from school and saying, "Now you go and." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't recall anybody ever coming, you know, to me after school and saying, "Now you just go and be gentle with yourself yeah. for tonight." It's like what you know? Did you get your homework done? You got your chores to do. You got this to do, and you still want to go and you know, you know, play hockey or go to a movie or whatever. So it's like, yeah, I mean, those things, those things are not taught. Again, something that could be so crucial for us, you know, that we don't teach children, yeah. you know, again, because nobody taught us, you know, yeah. they really don't. You know, pe- people are having a great deal of difficulty establishing boundaries around work of uh, people who are working from home. Um, uh, you know, I, I certainly hear that after dinner that it's, you know, kind of this antsiness works there. So they'll wander in you know, get on the computer and the next thing it's two o'clock in the morning and they've been working all evening and into the night. Um, And especially people who don't, who don't sleep in very well, you know, um, because what do you have to bound out of bed for? What, get there before the boss? (laughs) Exactly. And I, and I think it's, it's again, focusing on how we are all learning now that we have to develop an awareness of intention and boundaries that will it, this will take a, a, a long time for people to recognize boundaries have not only an external aspect to them, but there's an internal sense of boundary. And I think that, again, this is a practice that we don't recognize, but it's a subtle energy because, again, when we are so, so externally focused, it's an adjustment where now we're turning our lens inwards and having to get a sense of, oh, am I being gentle or kind to myself? What does that actually mean? And then again, another layer to it is this idea of, oh, I don't have workspace at home. I don't have a separate op- office. So how right. can I 
intentionally create a sense of workspace and an end. And again, this is a this is going to be a very uh, long practice for many of us, and it's going to be something that I think has to be reinforced because it's it's a it's a slippery slope, right? You know, you can you can meditate, you can do yoga, and then you get up and you step in the world, and then we're inundated by so much that we also forget our sense of self again. And our well, own yeah, sense we of lose our sense of self. Um, we also just lose a sense of timing. Yes. You know, it's like oh, we start to listen to this one newscast or a documentary or something, and the next thing you know. It's noon, or the next thing you know, you've lost the whole evening, or whatever. Uh, you know, there's, um, you know, I am not one to be, you know, uh, a cheerleader for schedules. Trust me, um, especially rigid, uh, rigid uh, schedules. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but um, I think that what we do know, you know, what we know psychologically is, is that people um, are the healthiest when they actually have a schedule and they keep to that schedule. I mean, right. there's been a lot and a lot of studies done in this in this field um, in terms of when you go to bed, when you work, when you, you know, when you eat, when you, you know, do all of those kinds of things. It's like over 36 hours and then, you know, drop for two uh, is not, you know, necessarily the healthiest thing to do. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's a necessity thing to do at the moment. Um, but that, you know, regularity, that habitualness, our brain loves habitualness. It so does, and, and if it doesn't get it, it gets cranky. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's like a, an infant or a, a pet, where there's when the, when we're used to having this sense of routine, it can help us. But we also need that balance. It's that sense of we also crave some change and some freedom, and I think that's also affecting people. I was speaking to uh, a, a, a colleague, a friend of mine, who's a, um, a somatic therapist, and it was very interesting around you know the online issue that's happening because we're we're relating to each other on this sort of you know two dimensional frame, but yet there's limitations to what we see. In the other yes. person, which is typically when we're in in person with somebody, we see depth, and we're missing the depth. But oh, that's for the, sure. You know, it's 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 very interesting, right? On so many different layers, and and also, you know, that that part of us, I think, innately that wants freedom. So it's that balance between structure and scheduling, but also having some choice and some expansion because. You know, we're going through this sense of, oh, I have to focus on this meeting for two hours. And then it's like I'm suddenly in this space, but I, I'm still <laughs> hanging on to this condensed view of the world. Well, I find that when I'm teaching, when I have 30, 30 little faces on my screen and then all of a sudden it's like end meeting and the class is finished and I look around and it's like, where did everybody go? Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's kind of freaky. Yeah, it's very two-dimensional, which our it brain is. isn't like either. No, no, and the brain needs, you know, it's it's visual. We also need to have a sense of 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 safety in our space because I think that part of the stress as well, and this is what um, my uh, friend and colleague was saying, Nadine, was that it's also giving us this feedback that we can only see this much. Well, on our nervous system, when we can only see the screen, it doesn't allow us to see sort of beyond these blinders of what else is out here, which can also 
contribute to a sense of fear, like or anticipation of, but again, hidden in the body. So, oh, yeah. so then when we're looking at a sense of irritability, but again, learning how do we be kind to ourselves and gentle, knowing that we're, we're not working as if things are just okay. That, you know, we can't expect that we're going to be back into the normal routine. And there's, there's a whole ton of people out there that aren't working, period. Yes. Like in hospitality. Yeah. You know, I yes. mean, what are they going to do? Bring the tray home and like pretend? There's a, you know, it's like uh, um, those those of us that have careers that allow for it to go electronic, um, you know, to be able to use these these um, you know um, products, you know, is great. But that's a small thing. You know, everything from production lines to hospitality are not doing anything. You know, there's there's nowhere like I can sneak off to the school. You know. For 24 yes. hours. Um, yes. You know, it's like uh, you think I was running away from somebody in my house. There's nobody. Right. Um, right. 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 <laughs> but it's just that change. You yes, know, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, and I, you know, I enjoy doing, you know, physical labor as well as everything else that I do. And I yeah. uh, was able to go up there and turns the brain off a little bit. Right. Well, I think um, you're bringing up a good, an interesting point because when <clears> you think <throat> of the hospitality industry and its focus is on service and an experience mm-hmm. and you know this is something that in the world again i feel as if so much of our external focus based on doing is is part of that you know revving that is so foreign when we realize that oh i i don't have anything to do and how do i just be but it's it's <laughs> it doesn't mean you're you know you're you're um not accomplishing things but I think it goes back to how present we can be I, I, I was looking at this um, I can't remember what it was that I read but it was a very good quote saying saying you know don't evaluate your day on how much you're accomplishing but evaluate your day on how present you are and I thought right, it's really beautiful imagine imagine if that's how we had a sense of oh you know what today hmm, how present was I in this conversation or in this moment and present with ourselves. That's the other thing that I don't think we're comfortable with. No, no, no. I mean, we have enough trouble, um, you know, being present with other people, you know, you know, it's sort of like, how do I, how do I be present to myself here? You know, Uh, it's like, okay, I'll turn on the TV, which of course is just like, you know, taking a pill. Yes. Yes. You know, it just, it just totally shut you down. You know, it's, uh, um, you know, what is it? Karl Marx has said that religion was the opium of the masses. Well, television is the ultimate, you know, uh, um, you know, morphine. Yeah. It just well, kind of, you know, heroin. It just ducks you right out. Well, and there's a really interesting uh, YouTube film that's called Samadhi um, about consciousness that I was watching uh, different parts of. And it's, it speaks to sort of what you're saying around zoning out and this idea that it was fascinating. I can't remember what culture it was, but it was the idea that thinking is a sense. It's not, so, so if we go smell and touch and hearing and sight, and then we also have feeling or, and then we have thinking as a sense, but we've elevated thinking to such an extent that it's taken us over. So the thinking mind is constantly looking for stimulation and I mm-hmm. think this is also another reveal that's happening during COVID nineteen. That to is the a point huge of making up stories. Yes, 
well, the media, anything to feed this sense of thinking because, you know, it's like this this addictive pattern and it goes back to the idea of, you know, feeding a hungry ghost, you know, that that's, that's Gabor Mate has talked about this and, you know, you know, from your work and addiction, things like that. But I be- really see how thinking is such a, a dangerous place to live in all the time. We forgot Absolutely. that we have that balance of how to feel and how to sense but right. thinking is just constantly, you know, anything we're listening to, watching, we, we have a dialogue going on, what, whatever it is. There's a conversation that's that's there. And there are those people that also have a dialogue going on when they're just walking down the street because they're in a, this observational mode. Yes. They could be on a date and they're in observation mode and they're, what, they're, they're basically telling themselves what they're doing. Yes. As though it was <laughs> a third party story, you know, that, right. that was being right. read to you. right. That's pretty scary, but there's a lot of people live in that space, you know, so to say be gentle, you know, the gentlest thing right from that moment would be just to get inside your body. What? On that note, we have to get inside of a commercial and we will be back on the other side of these uh, messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back to Things Worth Considering. And we are considering our plight of feeling nasty, (laughs) our plight of not being able to work, and our plight of just being unstable. Uh, Not in a funny, you know, oh, he's really unstable. It's being destabilized um, by just a whole series of things. You know, the more more we lose control of something, whether real or imagined, the more stressed we become. 
Like we really, like we talk about, you know, we were just talking about before the break, uh, you know, sort of the, the need of the human being to be habitual or to have patterns and, and so on. And that's how the brain works. But at the same time, the brain also needs to feel that like it's in control or our personality needs to feel like it's in control. Um, it's very hard to just sit there and say, well, okay, uh, they'll tell me when I go back to work. You know, I mean, they're giving some money out and 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 so on. As long as you pay the tax on it, um, yeah. but it, which is our tax money, by the way, coming back at us. Um, right. But it's it's you know, people are having a really hard time with that part of it. I think it's just that control, you know, and, and people are trying to work as if they were actually in their office. Yes. Um, yes. There's one one friend I was speaking to. His partner. Is works for a major company that has two thousand employees, who are all at home doing with their laptop, doing exactly the same thing that they would be doing as though they were in the office. I mean, that's staggering because mm-hmm. they're helping other people in a in a, a technical. You know, I'm not going to you know say anything, uh, but it, it was just the fact of two thousand people would be in this sort of big open arena uh, mm-hmm. doing this kind of tech support. And here they are doing exactly the same thing at home. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a very... Um, and it goes on and I, on. It does, it does. And it, and it also is, the aspect of control is, again, very interesting around a sense of, of uh, the, the idea of struggle and then acceptance. And I think that part of what I find is... It's first the acknowledgement. If we want to be gentle or kind to ourselves, I find with clients that I'm working with and even myself is first acknowledging what's here. You know, mm-hmm. what am I feeling from moment to moment? And wow, this was a big shock. And and it it's like the shock waves continue. And then there's sort of the carrots saying, oh, you know, other parts of the country have opened up and yet, you know, the GTA hasn't. And it's like this delay. So again, what you were saying about waiting and having to wait, and that is creating, I think, a lot of chomping at the bit for people to say, I just need to break free. I mean, I myself, I'm dying for a road trip. I'm just like, I just want to drive and go somewhere for days. Like, I don't know where, but somewhere. Really? We'll do the show there. I'm, 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 I'm packed already. Okay, sounds good. I'm in your backseat so fast. Okay, perfect, perfect. I'm, I'm all, I just, I'm like, I just need to drive and get in the open space. And yeah, yeah. one thing to get out, but it's, it's all, it's a sense in myself of, of expansion or going somewhere. That's, that's what I'm finding is this sense of, I want to go somewhere. Right. Right. Very interesting. You know, it's well. What's interesting? Yeah, I, I understand that. You know, as I'm, I'm, I'm a city guy. You know, uh-huh. I love, I love cities. I love traveling to other cities. I mean, I, I love the country, but that's usually not my first choice. You know, uh, it would be to go to a beach community or you know somewhere uh, uh, anywhere that wasn't actually where I had to break leaves or something. Um, but my brother has just bought this beautiful place up north, and he sent me some pictures, and it. It was just like this vast expanse of Canadian shield and, and pine mm. trees and his little, this little house in the middle. It's actually quite big, but, but it's just dwarfed by the scenery. And I'm like, 
oh my God, that'd be amazing to be, and I'm going, oh God, listen to you, Gord. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I would just, the whole idea, and I'm like, yeah, I could get a truck, and um, yeah. it's, it's pretty funny, really. Uh, it is. You know, and I, I didn't realize that until he sent me those pictures, uh-huh. and, and I just had that sense of just that, this, you know, vast, it was an aerial, uh, a drone shot. Okay. Uh, over top of his, his, his new land. So um, they're moving up there. He already lives outside of the city, but now he's going to live way up outside of the city. Right. Like three right. and a half hours from here. Right. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, I'll probably go for an hour. <laughs> you never know. You might, you might end up being like, hey, I, I like it out here because I think it's an adjustment. I've, I've heard this saying that, you know, it's not so much leaving the city. It's the city energy it takes a while to get out of the person. And yes. I think that it's true. There's a there's a vibe, and every city's different. Um, but I think that also we're dealing with empty buildings. You know, what's the energy of a lot of empty buildings, especially in the downtown core? That are boarded up. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind and of creepy. What what does that do to our nervous systems? Right. Yeah. In terms yeah. of again that sense of 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 loss of control or helplessness, or maybe on some level feeling abandonment and I think this is making us all say okay how do I really become my own parent my own healthy adult and also work with these parts of myself in a kind way because again we're so it's been so yang it's been such a male energy of doing and doing and doing right and punishing yeah, and punishing, exactly. And punishing, punishing very ourselves for not doing. Yeah, you know? very unforgiving. So the, more, the more we feel out of control, then the more sort of angst we're, we're having. But then that, you know, that self-criticism comes in as though it's, it's now going to try and exert control internally. Right. You need to do this. Look at you. You're fat. You've gained right. weight. You're not exercising. You're, you're uh, sitting around watching TV and documentaries. You're, you know, criticism, criticism. And then out of that comes fear. You know, the critic almost invariably invites fear to come on in with it. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and that and that fear is is like the worst that can happen to us because uh, it gets another whole dialogue going. You know, like, well, God, my my boss was going to fire me if he finds out what I'm right. doing, or right. she's, you know, whatever. Um, you know, when and and why am I not being more more productive? I should be able to be more productive. I'm at home. I'm not. Be, I don't have the same interruptions. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you got a refrigerator, you got a stove, you got the grocery store, the laundry, you have, you know, I mean, all of those things. We think that we're not being interrupted at home. Of course we're being interrupted at home. Oh, you know, yeah. The phone calls, the texts, the, the endless emails, you know, yes, <laughs> like it's all different. those things. So, you know, w- there's just this sort of illusion that, oh, because well, I'm here all by myself. But, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, because I, I think very metaphorically and visually and, and it's like, you know, being inside of like this, this bush or something and these hands just kind of, kind of keep coming in, but you keep telling yourself you're all, you're all by yourself. Right. You know, but right. you're consistently being, being uh, uh, aroused and stimulated and maybe even woken up. Well, you know? and I think that that is, you know, there's two things, one around the fear that, Again, it goes into that sense of when we then when the inner critic comes up, 
there's a feeling of I'm not good enough, or I'm not doing enough, I have to do more, I have to be more. And also the scarcity mentality, that there's not enough for me. You know, what am I going to oh, do? Yeah. And yes, there is a sense of, again, letting go of these constructs of who we think we are and the labels of who we think we are. And it's, it is forcing people to reinvent themselves and consider, oh, maybe I don't live in the city or maybe I have to change my work. And, and all of this, I think, is, again, very destabilizing. And, it, and it's, it's really important that I think everyone really tries to take their time around choosing and letting things settle and also mm. trusting what feels right instead of what we think is right. There's a difference in terms right. of the thinking because if the thinking is coming from fear or the inner critic, then it's going to create something that's typically impulsive or reactive, as we know, right? You know, the the um, the, the, the flip side... The uh, sound just went out, just off slightly. Um, the the, the uh, flip side of that, you know, is in, in trying to exert that control back onto ourselves, you know, how much we actually hurt ourselves and have absolutely no sense of it. Um, you know, I'm not picking up exactly where you were because I got, I, I did, I got diverted by okay. the sound. Um, and... Uh, um, I did have I did have a flip side to that piece. Oh, did you? And okay. we'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait for it to come back. Up. Um, you know, I I think that um, the loss of of, um, of of having contact, you know, physical contact, you know, we we have you know the the isolation piece, the not being able to work and all of that kind of stuff going on. But then we're not allowed to touch anybody. You know? Right. right. Uh, they've now done this. You know, groups of ten. Yes. But that's very, very – people were like, oh, good. We can have classes. We'll just make them smaller. It's like, no. No, we can't have them. That's not how this this no. uh, social grouping works at all. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's um, – each one of us belongs to a group that – it's kind of like being married. It's like a, a polyamorous <laughs> monogamy. <laughs> you know, I promise to only touch and hug this little group of people. You know, and if I go to a class – and there's somebody over here. Well, each one of those 10 people already belong to 10 people. Right, right. So if someone gets sick, you're looking at wiping out 100 people. Well, and that goes back to the fear aspect because, again, you know, we haven't historically had people running out and testing themselves for a flu virus. That hasn't no. been something. So we don't really have something comparative that I think I think the stats are all skewed in terms of just the nature of the collection methods and the, the variability factors and lots of things that we don't know. But in terms of this control and fear and lack of contact, again, it's 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 really sort of having us transition into a different way of being in the world and how do we allow ourselves to you know yes follow these rules so to speak but also I think a big part is trusting the self trusting trusting that there is you know um an innate wisdom or there's a there's a, something that is here that's beyond our thinking mind that we also have to trust when we when we talked about the consciousness of the virus it's go, knowing that you know yes a virus mutates that's the nature of viruses but i think a lot of people again haven't been properly educated about immunity or nature of viruses or 
or what they can and can't do. And, and it's not to break rules. It's about to, to have an informed and, and also sensible you know, uh, perspective. But I think there's so many other mm-hmm. factors that are reaching in, as you were saying before, like that, you know, that little bush where these hands are reaching in and interrupting, that it's part of, it's part of the parts of ourselves that are interrupting us. You know, that we, oh, absolutely. That, that we need absolutely. To, to keep connecting to and noticing, wow, I'm feeling really agitated or, gee, I'm feeling uh, really sad. And how do I be gentle with this anger or this sadness or this this irritability and and I think this is something where as a society we just we have a massive gap around what that looks like oh yeah I mean there's two two pieces on that one the one that you were talking about um, that in, in terms of not understanding or, or or skewed numbers and so on is that we don't take the flu seriously. Oh, yeah, you got your flu shot. You know, oh, yeah, I think I got the flu. I'll stay home for a week. You know, we don't take that. We don't realize that it kills huge numbers worldwide every single year, you know, from children all the way through to adults, um, to, to the elderly. Um, it's just not, it's, we've just gotten so used to it. It's kind of like the bear that we live with in the woods. You know, occasionally he's going to come out and he's going to slap around our garbage and, you know, whatever. But we're not going to take it take it seriously. Well, but I, I don't know if we should don't. take it seriously. Like, I feel like there, it's very interesting because we've talked about this before, too, that, you know, the society, typically, we don't address our relationship with death. Oh, no, and, not at all. We, not we at don't. All. So You're not supposed I, to say I, that word, by the way. Pardon me? You can't say that word, death. I can't? It's forbidden. <laughs> it's a forbidden word. Well, like they passed away, right? Well, <laughs> passed away. Okay, fine. But it, but it, again, it's going. We could you could take anything seriously, and and again, it, it's always dependent on the situation, because you could have an abscess on a toe or a finger or a tooth, and if the abscess isn't treated, it can. You can end up with a very serious infection or amputation of a digit or a limb. And again, it's, it's that balance between how do I take responsibility for myself and also know there are no guarantees and know that something I will eventually, my body will be dissolved. I will go into another realm of, of, of consciousness. And how do I live with that awareness of knowing that today might be the day I die? Well, we ignore it. We do. I mean, I teach a whole course in this. I know. I you know, know you do. That begins, begins with, you know, starting them, them being my students, to come to an awareness that we are finite. Yeah. You know, and the younger, of course, the younger we are, the more likelihood that we're just immortal. You know, what's this guy talking about dying yeah. at my yeah. age? You know, um, <clears throat> now, quite a few of the people who've taken, who take the course, you know, have their lives have been touched by death. So, you know, there, there is a certain reality to it, but there's a lot of people. This is, is not even real. When I talk about the legalities of dying, like, you know, wills and executors and powers of attorney, and and they're, they're just like glazed over, like, can't I just die? Yeah, but you're going to leave a really big mess for a whole lot of people, you know, kind of thing. And, and the worst that could happen is the government will come in, you know, and start, start you know, going through your dollar bills. 
exactly. Well, you're loonies. We don't have dollar bills. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> however, for our cousins in the Southwest, they still have the dollar bill. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, um, there's, there's uh, quite a few things that play out here that's actually really uh, just so entrenched in our society. Mm-hmm. You know, the flu is just something that happens seasonally and, you know, um, yeah, the rest of like dying is like that. Don't be so silly. Right. Yeah. Right. You have to be really old for that to happen. That's On that note, belief, right? we yeah. have to take a break. We will be right back uh, after these messages. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca That's info at spiritgrows.ca Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back to uh, Things Worth Considering. I'm here with Alexia, and I'm Gord, and we are talking about how we can learn to be uh, a little bit more gentle with ourselves. Um, the one, the one thing that's going on that I have really concern over in terms of social isolation and being cut off, um, nothing to do with revenue, nothing to do with working at home. Is anybody who's in any sort of recovery? Um, you know, contact is so so crucial. Um, and, you know, we get that, as they call it, you know, the, the committee going on, and it causes a lot of problems. Uh, in fact, it's just, it's just a route sometimes right back to, uh, your sound to, went out to, a little uh, bit corny. using it again. You're, you're just, you said that there's a committee in there in terms of the recovery. Yeah. The, the committee in our head that, that starts to tell us stupid things yes. and bad things. They, they call it the shitty committee, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it convinces us that people are not nice to us or that these people are after us or, you know, you know, stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, it, it can really be a huge problem when we don't have that, you know, contact with somebody else that calms that down. 
you know. Absolutely. Um, and I, know, think- I mean, I know there's lots of phone support and so on, but there's, there's just something about our presence with one another. Yeah, it's you know, very different. Um, it's it's very very different. That energy is very very different. You know, it's like when I teach in a classroom versus when I'm teaching while zooming. Um, it's it's very different. Mm-hmm. You know, I can give as much energy as I want, but I'm not getting energy back in the same way because there's nobody sitting around me. Um, you know, I'm sitting in front of this machine, yeah. so it's 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 quite quite fascinating to to you know just sort of be in in touch with that. You know. Yeah, and I think you're 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 putting uh, bringing up a, a very good point because recovery out of surgeries, people that have been in the hospital or had and couldn't have any visitors in the hospital, and then yeah. coming home and they're alone. I know some people that have, have been in the hospital; they've had some uh, major uh, surgeries happen, and they're at home. They don't need it. A caregiver comes in, you know, to check on them for their wound or whatever it, it was, but it's it's they don't have someone around to sort of converse with or, you know, neighbors have to be careful. And again, it goes into this, this fear aspect and, and feeling, you know, really it's very existential on many levels around, wait a minute, who am I? And, and how do I, how do I live in this body? So this, this, this period of time that's been three, four months now that we're going to, when we think of how we've never experienced this before, so the, so the shockwave and the newness and then being hit with these questions or just even feelings, not questions, but the thinking mind is dangerous because it will go on and on and ruminate. And I know I can ruminate very easily. So that's why things like meditation. I like it with Coke. <laughs> Coke, yeah. Rum and Coke, yeah. Oh, I see. Rumination, yeah. Rumination, yeah. But, but it's it's like those that turning inward for, is incredibly helpful and it's it's really trying to s- no- notice the thoughts instead of letting the thoughts lead us and again this is something where i wish we could teach or just support so many people around this is how you can turn inwards and it doesn't have to be seated meditation it could be just again being present how to be kind self-touch self-hugs you know connecting with your plants but it's it's it is a, the recovery is a huge part of this yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and the recovery part is having that contact, that yeah. energetic contact, yes. uh, you know, with other people. Um, you know, the, um, uh, you know the, the, the most important thing you can possibly say is, you know, anyone listening, reach out. You know, you've got to reach out to people and uh, yeah. swallow our pride. You know, pride's, pride is, they always say pride is, is the last stumbling block f- towards recovery. Uh, that's the one mm. great big block that's sitting right by the door and we trip over it every time. You know, especially males. Right, um, right. Absolutely. Know, in, in terms of coming to yeah. terms of that, you know. Um, so, what we want to say is, you know, the the the, the beating beating ourselves up and and self degradation of we're not productive. We should be able to do this. As soon as you hear "should," get rid of it. Exactly. You know, but it's 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 kind of like a, a place that just says, okay you know what, there's only one way we're going to do this, and that is stop it. Just simply stop it. You know, do not allow, learn to bite it off before it starts. Okay. Otherwise, it, it, it does get into the circle. It gets into the rumination. It gets into the shaming. It gets into the fear. And it goes around and around, and nothing is accomplished here. Right. You know, like, just in terms of beingness, you can't be when you're being criticized for not doing. Yes. <laughs> 
you know, think yeah, about it. No, you're right. You, you, Absolutely. you can't. It just, they're just not going to go hand in hand. So, so, you know, to be gentle with ourselves is to simply not allow other people, boundaries, to criticize us and definitely to have a boundary that, that will allow us to be aware enough to realize it's starting and stop it. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is that when we get into those rumination movements, you know, is in fact, the insides is the only part that's moving. We're usually in a locked body position. Mm. We might be like mm. this, you know, mm. with the arms crossed. You're right. looking out and you're looking down and you don't move. You're body locked and, you, and that mood is locked in that position. The Very moment interesting. You, Very interesting. you just go and grab somebody and grab, take their hand and say, come here, you know, and what? You know, it changed. Yes. It just changed. Yes. So to have that awareness that when you realize that you've been sitting in this position for like three and a half hours, um, that change it. Get up and go and get a glass of water. Take the dog out. Take your cat out. Do whatever. Um, let your children in. But you've got to change your body you know, your body uh, posture and position. Well, I think that's a great, great idea. Yes. And it speaks to the, the integration of the, of the mind with the body and how really our intuition and the felt sense is often there before the words. So if there's a a stillness, stagnation, because, you know, in, in, we know that stagnation is not good. It's not healthy on any level. And it's a right. matter of flow, you know, in terms of being able to try to move the body. Even if someone can't walk, having some type of movement with the eyes. But the, the with dangerous, the eyes, their, their head, they're looking it, up, you know, whatever yeah. they can do, you know, wiggle your fingers. Yeah. Literally, it's that simple is, you know, if, if someone was, was, you know, in some sort of paralysis or whatever, just to be able to move their fingers or move it for them. Will change it. Yes, yes, yes. And it's, you know? it's what I think is interesting too is this idea of how we are often so averse to stillness. And I think that stillness, mm-hmm. when we touch it, you know, when we find the still point or we have a place of ease, it's you know we can cling and grasp and feel like I want to stay there. But it there it does allow us to become more expansive. And I think part of this being gentle is that we learn how to also embrace these parts of ourselves that are feeling shame or anger or sadness or shock or fear. And, and that's and, all because of other people. Yeah, well, yes and no. Those parts, it's, didn't, those yes. parts didn't arrive here feeling those things. Right, right, right. It's a, I think it's learned in terms of, again, the thinking mind. Like, I'm, I'm blown away that the idea of thinking is a sense. Imagine if, if we had equal you know, uh, levels of the senses, weight to the senses and thinking was there and it was just as valuable and just as focused as sight or hearing. What a very different experience if oh, we, yeah. we could, you know, bring those levels to calibrate. And and I think that that's part of what's happening is thinking is a very, is a very yang energy and again, you know, goes into speed and doing and we and and we have placed like what you've just said, but just to reframe it is it, we have placed such incredible value on our thoughts. We have, and they're crap. They are ninety nine point nine 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 percent that roams through your head is dumb shit. 
you know, and it's just like, but then we grab one and yeah. we go, there it is. And we start to think about it. And now we analyze it and now we're going to ruminate on it. And now we're going to scare the hell out of ourselves. Right. You know, I mean, really, and all, all it is is like this cosmic garbage that's floating on by from someone yeah. else's head that, you know, it's kind of like cosmic viruses. You I know? love that image. I love that image. That's great image. Yeah, and it's just like, there's one, grab, we grab on, and then, you know, and see what we can do with it, or, nah, that was stupid. And then, you know, but it, it's just like this cosmic stuff. We have so much value in our brain, not in our brain, in our thoughts. And and true, we can have some amazing, amazing ideas. We can also have really Definitely. stupid ideas. D- yes, yes. It's, it's when someone tries to validate their stupidity. Yeah. Oh, make them president or something. <laughs> I didn't right. say that, did I? <laughs> oh, and that was just one of those cosmic pieces that floated through my brain. <laughs> well, I let it go. <laughs> and that's the thing is that good, you got great, good for you that you let it go. But it's, it, you're exactly right. It's such a good uh, image because it's, then you can almost see the ridiculousness of thinking. That, you know, you have these thoughts and another thought and then you, you know, hang on to it. And the, the, the science is showing now that our physiology and neuroplasticity of the brain, that these pathways that can get stuck in these, you know, sort of set patterns, essentially patterns. And, and you know, the ego and the constructs are, are really this repetitive pattern that keeps happening. And until we have stillness or we're, we stop, like you said, we just stop and we right. just you know, be, be in our moment, breathe, you know, have our bodies notice our feet on the ground or our fingers wiggling. When we stop, then there's expansion. And to me, that's what resilience is about is how do we expand? Not how we keep getting up and just push forward because part of this has got to push through it. You got to slog through it. And I think that's also the imbalance, you know, get tighter and tighter and tighter until the shoulders are touching each other practically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's putting those shoulders back and breathing. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, what I I just love the, the phrase is, is, is radical acceptance is, yeah, you know what? This is where you are. And that's the idea where I wanted to come back to, you know, the whole, the whole should, mm-hmm. this is where I should be. And acting, acting as if it's true right. is, is actually one of the, you know, one of the ways that people can become mentally ill, yes. you know, um, yes. to, it's just such a denial of reality. The reality is you don't have a job. You know, that's the reality. The reality is you're actually um, accepting the dole because that's a British term, but, uh, you know, the government handouts right now, because how else are you going to keep alive? You know, that's why the government's doing it. But there's a, there's a, that pride, that arrogance that, you know, uh, um, is that we're above that. Honey, you lost your job. You ain't above nothing. You know, you're with the rest of us that are told to sit at home and do what you can at home, but otherwise you, you can't be out in public. Yeah. And, you know? and you're right. And the idea of saying it shouldn't be like this. Is, it, that's is, such a waste. That's, that's yeah. a rumination crapper. Yeah. You know, it, it's just like, you know, it, should, it just shouldn't be that way. There's a lot of things shouldn't be. We shouldn't have poor people. We shouldn't have people starving. We shouldn't have homeless people, you know. Uh, you know, people who are forced to live below subsidence level, 
those are the things we shouldn't have, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But to talk about anything else above and beyond that, as you can see, gets me riled uh, because it's an illusion, and the illusion feeds, uh, you know, um, all the other kind of stuff that's going on there. Yes, you know. Yes. Um, so I think that you know, it's like we have to be willing to strip away our own our own mask, you know, and and just to be able to say, you know, boom. This is the way it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for today. I'm I can't go to my office because right. I'm too tired. Um, I can't go go right. and do whatever whatever because of the government regulations and so on. And I don't have to be as productive. Yes, it's and, okay and it's, if I didn't contact. Exactly, all exactly. It's it's no? it's going back to what is here and present and what's realistic. Given the circumstances and knowing that we all need to have this sense of, of almost, again, we're in a very transitionary type of time where there's so many things that are changing still and there's so much unknown. But it is, it is making those little you know, adjustments to say, wait a minute, right now I'm at a 6 out of 10 today. Or, you know, if people like to use numbers, but I think that idea when what you said earlier is that we've the value around our thinking mind and around this so-called intellect, intellect, as we know, wisdom is from the heart. It is not from the brain. It is not in thinking. Wisdom is heart centered. But well, and it's, it's the brain that's saying this is shouldn't be this way. Yes, the thoughts are, are judging it constantly. There's a constant judgment. There's a constant interpretation. There's a constant sense of I know better or that person's wrong and I'm right. And when we're in that state, it is exhausting. It is lonely. It is depleting. And it's, again, directing people to say, wait a minute, just stop. Stop and be in this moment, even if it's just for 30 seconds. Right. Right. And that just can start by feeling your feet on the ground. One of the best grounding is take your shoes off at the beach and just get the sand between your toes. It's a great grounding technique. Uh, And breathe and, you know, just realize that as smart as you are, a lot of what you're thinking is crap. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know even even einstein came up with some that. stupid ideas yeah. um well i don't know I'm, I'm you know we're talking about getting rid of the critic you know so yeah. like let's not criticize anybody but also no, no. just be aware of what we do to ourselves you know? yes yeah so, well said well again said. it's all about values isn't it misplaced values so yeah. at that point we're at the end of our show thank you as always um and we only have a couple more before we go live on July the 8th. So we want you to uh, come on board and join us uh, as we get together and keep this discussion going. So have a great week, folks. And we will be back next week, uh, next Thursday at 8 p.m. Bye now. Bye now. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 